Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hello, you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated or underseen. I'm the host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice! How you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ready for a new year. Ready I'm so ready big, for 2024, as crazy as that sounds. Yep. But there we are. Time sure does fly when you're having fun. <laughs> Very excited for this episode as well, yes. because we're doing something a little bit different. A little bit different. We're going to take a look back at all the amazing, mostly amazing, yeah. films that we did in 2023. We are. We are indeed. We're going to be looking back at some of the films in 2020. Well, all the films we did in 2023. And we've got a couple of questions that we put together to cover um, all sorts of different things, categories, factors and that. So we'll start mm-hmm. by going through all of the films we've done in 2023. That includes normal episodes, guests, listener suggestions, new releases, a couple of other bits and bobs there. The only film that is you know, within the normal episodes, if you like, will be the Christmas episode because not to let you behind the curtain, but we haven't recorded it yet. <gasps> um, oh my god, it's not oh live! God. It's not live. How stuff ah, works, and it? it's crazy. Oh no! <laughs> uh, and then any film that's basically released, let's just say any new release from December, we haven't been to the cinema to watch yet. So guess when we might be recording this. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Alice, if you want to take us through the first half of the films that we did in 2023, and then I'll pick up where you leave off. Certainly. So these are the films that myself and Josh have picked throughout 2023. And I'm going to do this as fast as possible. So keep your ears peeled so you can catch all of them. <sighs> Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists. Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, Basketball, Blockers, Long Time Dead, You've Got Mail, The World Is Not Enough, Runaway Train, Pride, Pink Floyd, The Wall, The A-Team, Super Bob, Freaky Friday, Van Helsing, Free Willy, American Psycho, Waterworld, John Tucker, Must Die, Punisher, Warzone, Beethoven, Mike Bassett, England Manager... <gasps> Confidence, Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Inside Lewin Davis, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, I, Tonya, Action Force, The Movie, Man of Steel, Kindergarten Cop, and Happy Feet. Yes, there we go. Hopefully, hopefully we've not missed any in there. So what a selection. That, what a selection. I know, I mean, what more could you want? Um, but there is more, so I'm going to say more. There is more. Um, so, yeah, so that was the normal episodes we've done. Some, some of the films we've done come into different categories, so if you've not heard it yet, hopefully you'll hear it now. Uh, so... Next up, we've got the listener suggestions, classics, and others. We've got Rashomon, Rain of Fire, Gross Point Blank, and Ghostbusters. The guest films, we've got Quickly Down Under with Jamie uh, Allerton, The Guard with Vittorio Angeloni, Major League with Carl Donnelly, Field of Dreams with our mate Pav, Notting Hill with Kate Mason, The Kings of Summer with uh, Connor and Jamie from Kindling, Freebie and the Bean with Rich Wilson, Thunder Rome with John Agassil, The Founder with Kevin Go- uh, Goatee, The Silence of the Lambs with Pierre Novelli, The Prince of Egypt with Matt Page, which Alice was not here for, uh, Cyrus with Kimberly Harris, The Crow with Chris 
Glasson, Little Joe with Aviana Snow, and Get Over It with Rihanna Dillon. We've also got some new releases that we covered, including Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Dumb Money, Empire of Light, The Whale, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, The Flash, Meant Mission Impossible, uh, Part 1, Dead Reckoning, or probably just called Dead Reckoning now because of the second <laughs> one on the right strike or something like that, uh, Barbenheimer, which is Barbie and Oppenheimer, remember that, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Marvels, and The Killer. Then the other film, obviously we haven't done, is our Christmas special, and then the final film that we have covered was our first ever Spotlight On episode, which was The Other Fellow. So there's two episodes that Alice was not here for, which were The Other Fellow and Prince of, The Prince of Egypt, which I don't know if Alice has seen. So uh, if she doesn't pick them, it's because she hates anyone who comes on the podcast and doesn't really like films in general. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Alice, should we take it in turns to ask questions? Okay, go on. Do you want me to do the first question or do you want to do the first question? No, you, you take it away, Josh. Okay. So first question then. Okay. What is the most underrated or underseen film we've done this year? We're starting big. Literally the concept. Okay. It's literally not, the it's concept. Not this year, it's last year. These are all 2023. But as we've said, <laughs> letting you behind the curtain, we've recorded this not in 2024 because we're busy. We've both got jobs and other stuff going on. Um, so what is the most underrated or underseen film from the year 2023? So in my opinion, I believe the most underrated film of 2023 that we covered is it's Beethoven. 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 My choice, Beethoven. The big, lovely dog, which I, you know, and I went into it open-minded thinking, is is this my rose-tinted goggles? Have I just got, you know, this childhood (laughs) memory of it being good? And actually, I thought it was pretty damn great. And on IMDb, it got a 5.7. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 36% and the critics gave it 31%. And I think for me, this is maybe a 7 out of 10 film. Mm. So for me... Beethoven is definitely my most underrated mm, film okay. of the year. So okay. what about you, Josh? What is your answer to that so question? So I've done my best to prepare this, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm like. However, I will make this commitment. I will always, if I say more than one, I'll, I will pick one. Land on one. Yeah. I, will, I will land on one. So for me, I still think American Psycho is underrated. Wow. With okay. seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, sure. But this may be a little bit of personal preference. Mm-hmm. So my choice is, and again, there could be a little bit of recency bias here, but I did look through the list and I did give it a good hard look. I'm still really shocked at the kindergarten cop reaction. Okay, yeah. Because I, yeah. I think we both went into that thinking this is a fairly beloved family film. Mm-hmm. And it got really poor scores, right? Mm-hmm. Lower lower than I would have expected. Yeah, I was so surprised. Yeah. I think that's my answer. Now, again, it might be recency bias, but I think my answer is Kindergarten Cop. I should just say before we go on, by the way, I've got a little bit of a cold, which is why my voice sounds uh, a bit weird. So sorry, I don't. I know I usually have such an attractive voice. I'm like <laughs> George Clooney. Um, but anyway, okay, okay. So yours is Beethoven. Mine, I'm going to say Kindergarten Cop. So we've gone fam. We've got down the, we've the, gone the family, family route. Family, family films, isn't it? And usually me guys. loving my violence and my darkness. Know, so yeah. there we go. Yeah. That's a nice change. The thing, the thing with Kindergarten Cop as well is that we're similar again to Beethoven. I went into it thinking, oh, this is it's just going to be a bit fluffy. The script, mm. the concept, everything is just going to be like a bit mid. And I came out of it and I was like, this is actually a really well-made film. And all the filmic components that go together to make it were actually really strong. And, yeah. yeah. I was so genres, surprised. Yeah. There was, yeah. The only issue I remember us having was like, there was just some bits that were more adult that weren't needed. Yeah, yeah. That they could have just cut. a bit of but, conflict, but, but, but yeah. equally, it wasn't like, 
wasn't egregious or anything like no, that. No. So, so Didn't ruin it for me. Beethoven for you, kindergarten cop for me. We both love big, big leading men. Absolutely, big fluffy Absolutely. dogs. I can big get Austrian men. That. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. I mean, me and Arnie, you know, you know. You love uh, Arnie, don't you? Okay, so our next question, question then two. is: we're going to go and dive, uh, go, go and have a look back at our guest choices. Now, Indeed. what I love. What I love about when guests come on the podcast is usually one of two things happen. Either they bring something to me that I've never heard of or never seen, and I'm like, oh my goodness, where has this film been all my life? Or they pick a film that is already on my list, yeah. and I feel vindicated yeah, and yeah. justified, and I love it when that happens. So what is your favourite guest choice of 2023, So Josh? should we remind the people exactly just what the guests chose, or shall I just say... I think you, you've already done that at the beginning of the it, episode, yeah, didn't you? Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't I'll, retread old ground. I mean, sorry, I know we're talking yeah. about everything yeah. that happened is, last year, but come before on. Before we talk about the films, <laughs> let's talk about the guests. Who was your favourite? No, I'm not going <laughs> to... Absolutely not. Who they did you dislike all... the most and why is it Jamie? No, didn't dislike... <laughs> I loved them all. I thought they were excellent choices. <laughs> all really great fits for the podcast as well. Um, but anyway, yeah. yes, you were, we, we always get good guests. Um, and we obviously thank you to all the guests for coming on. Um, but the best guest choice of the year. Now, for me, I think probably the, objectively the best film is The Silence of the Lambs. Which okay, Pierre, yeah. which Pierre Novelli chose. Mm-hmm. I think it's you know it's easily up there in one of the finest films ever made. It's just almost flawless, maybe even be flawless. You know, it's the sort of film that they teach on film studies and creative mm-hmm. directing classes and stuff like that. But that film's got no, you know, it's got it's not short of admirers, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're more about sticking up for the films that need more love. Mm-hmm. And Pierre was very open in talking about the fact that he knows the Silence of the Lambs is well loved, but he just wanted to talk about it, and that's fine because he gave us his time, and he looks great in a blazer. Um, <laughs> so for me, in the spirit of the podcast, I'm going to say The Guard, which is okay. what Vittorio chose. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed The Guard. Yeah, it was, it was good. funny. I thought it was in, you know engaging. Mm-hmm. I think more people should see it. So I'm going to say The Guard. What about you? Best guest choice of 2023. So this wasn't difficult for me at all. It's Thunder Road, chosen wow, by yeah. John Agassild. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, what what a masterpiece. And when we looked into, you know, the box office or how much money it made, it's like it made barely 20, anything. 20 quid or something, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and no one's ever heard of it. Nobody's seen it. It's, you know, this guy's kind of first foray into feature films and he wrote it and he starred in it and he directed it and he edited some of it as well. Mm. And it's just superb. It's some of the best acting and Mm. some of the best writing I think maybe I've ever seen. Wow. For for it to come from such a... I know. And for it to come from such a film that had such a low budget, no heavy hitters behind it, no big names sort of supporting it or anything... I just think it's so impressive and yeah. it's just such a, a wonderful example of how less is more and yes. what you can do if you are actually genuinely talented and dedicated. Loved it. I wonder if that had been one of mine if I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, maybe. Because I hadn't maybe. seen The Guard before and I had uh, seen Thunder yeah. Road before. So I wonder if maybe mm. The Guard has just stuck with me. But I will say this, that's in my honourable mentions. Yeah. So yeah. it's a wonderful film. If you like your indie films... Give Thunder Road a watch. Okay, next question then. So I'll ask this one. Alice, what is the biggest or most pleasant surprise film of 2023? 
So we did actually have quite a few pleasant surprises this year, I thought. So one of them was You've Got Mail, which turned out to be a lot more of a sophisticated film than I Mm. expected. And I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. But my winner and my pick for most pleasant surprise is Blockers. Blockers? I'm made up with that. I am am made up with Blockers. And you know... That you you should have said it, I mean. Similar, yeah. I didn't have any involvement in it. I wish I did. Um, but, but yeah, similar, blockers then. So similar with what happened to me with uh, The Losers is sort of as more time has gone on and I've had more time to reflect and think about it, I actually started to like it more. And I did like it when we did the episode and I enjoyed it when we watched it. But when I look back at it, I think actually... I love what that film was trying to do. I love yep. the message it was putting out yep. there. I love what it was trying to achieve. Some of the parts of it are really funny. Some of the script is really touching and nice and all that. And I was like, yeah, man. And it is one that I had completely written off when I'd seen the trailer years ago as well. Really? So, yeah, yeah. I need to stop doing that. I need to stop judging films by their trailers. I think it's quite an important film, Blockers. Yeah, I get that. Um, I think, like you say, the message of it, you know, that that idea around particularly female sexual empowerment and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's not a film that many people are standing up to the plate and saying i'm gonna make this yeah absolutely. but it has been you know thinking about it how mad is it that we we did that this year in a film where that sort of message not necessarily sexual empowerment but empowerment has been so big if you think about which i'm sure we'll come back to barbie mm-hmm and, you know, there's other things in there as well. I'm made up with chosen blockers, really happy oh, with that. Oh, good. I did that for you, Josh. Yeah, Thank I knew you. you'd be buzzing. Uh, I, think so be my, I think you'll be happy with my answer. Oh, well, it bloody well better be one that I chose. But here we go. What was your most pleasant or biggest surprise? Yeah, it is one that you chose. I don't think you can really choose this one of your own, can you? I don't think you can be like the most... I've surprised myself with this choice. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so point. for me, I've got a you know, couple of points... Listen, Waterworld wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay, that's wouldn't interesting. Be in, wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again. Uh-huh. But I was expecting a train wreck and it was fine. <laughs> Freaky Friday was a lot yeah. more charming than I thought it was going to be, a lot more oh. emotional than I thought it was going to be. Very good. But my choice mm. is basketball. Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I said it on the episode, I've said it before, I'm not a big fan of, of Stone and Parker. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're, they're massively successful. They don't need my attention or my engagement or anything like that. It's just not my particular cup of tea. But mm-hmm. I really loved basketball. I thought it was hilarious. Oh. I thought oh. it was really, really funny. Wonderful. And I would definitely, a lot of the films we do, even ones I picked myself, I wouldn't necessarily be in a rush to watch again. Mm-hmm. But I'd definitely watch basketball again. And do you know what? I'd watch nice. Blockers again as well. Nice. Yeah, so definitely, would I. Definitely so would I. On. Absolutely. Yeah, but, you know, Light films, aren't they? Light comedies. But yeah, and basketball wasn't as sort of um I thought it was gonna be a bit a bit more of your American pie road trip type comedy. And it's not, it's obviously much more of a satire. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. there's definitely some stuff in there where it's like, oh, this was made in the early two thousands or late nineties, whenever it was of course, made. Of course, yeah, yeah. I thought overall, really enjoyed it, really good idea. And I think we need more films like that, you know, mm-hmm. original nice. comedies. So okay. Love it. Was it my question next? Your question next? No, I think I think yeah. yeah, I think I need to ask. Yeah, I knew this would get confusing. I, yeah, quite I'm early on. Numbers, you're already numbers. That's all we need to know, right? <laughs> That's a good way of thinking about it. Okay, so we've had most pleasant surprises. So, so then it's only natural to move on to what was our biggest disappointment. Go on, Josh. Are you going to break my heart? So, 
I could not get on board with Pink Floyd The Wall. <laughs> That's I was honest, totally fine. I, I was honest about that at the time. It was too pretentious for me, right? But I wasn't necessarily disappointed by it because it gave me exactly what I thought it was going to be. So my answer... My answer is Runaway Train. Oh, what? I really wanted more from it. It's a Kurosawa script. It's got a great cast, great concept. I really wanted it to be... I wanted it to be what Jewel or The Beast were. Yeah, a I gritty, low-budget thriller that you think, where's this been? This is brilliantly made. Don't get me wrong. I can see it's a well-made film. I just couldn't get on board with the characters. And because I disliked get particularly... On board. Oh, couldn't get on toot, toot, board the runaway um, train. Particularly because I thought they didn't give Rebecca De Mornay's character enough. And because I just... I really disliked John Voight's character. They were they were bad, weren't they? They were Difficult. All, they were really nearly... Difficult. Almost completely and utterly irredeemable. Irredeemable, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. And, and I know we talked about it before, and it might seem a bit basic for me to say I have to like my characters. I mm-hmm. don't have to like my characters. But in a film like that, where it's based on that sort of concept, I think you do have to root for them. And I okay. was just like, I hope it goes off a cliff. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, he sort of does at the end. So yeah, he so gets does go off a cliff at the end, yeah. Um, so, so, so my answer totally, is Runaway Train because it's I a disappointment. I completely understand where you're coming from, but for me, obviously, because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, yes. and I got so much more out of it than I thought I would, and I was like, yeah. I was so happy that I'd watched it. So, yeah, <laughs> I think the complete opposite to you, but I totally see where you're coming it's, from. It, I think it's just, it's just a, it's a subjective thing. I mm-hmm. think it's a... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, it's a concept versus my feelings towards the film type thing rather than... I can see it's a well-made film with good performances and stuff like that and it just just didn't quite click with me. What about you? What was your biggest disappointment? 
Well, you've already touched on it there, oh. but for very different reasons. My biggest disappointment was Waterworld. One that you picked yourself? Yeah. Wow. Because I went into it, like I went into it wanting to like it, first of all. So I went in with a very positive mindset and I was so determined to just not just be another voice going, isn't Waterworld shit? Isn't it bad? And all this. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. And I watched it and I was like, mm. Like, there's so many issues here. Like, and the the thing that frustrates me with Waterworld as well is that it's it's one of those films that is almost great. It's almost good. Like, with a few tweaks here and there to the script or the character development or the story, it could have been really, really good. And it just missed the mark a few too many times mm. for me to come away from it with an overwhelmingly positive reaction. So I was disappointed. So, so... It's not, I don't feel like it's my least favorite film we did this year at all, but mm. I went in, I went in with fairly high hopes because mm. I was like, everyone else is wrong. I'm right. I remember having fun watching this as a kid and it just wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I was sad about that. that and that's and the thing sad is, for isn't Pav it? as well. He told me to do it. <laughs> Sorry, Pav. But, <sighs> the, you know, we, we, um, we haven't got a least favourite film. We haven't done that as an option because we try and be optimistic, we try and be positive because disappointment doesn't mean least favourite because it no, can and be... No, it's not and that, that and one. Mm. It, it can be sort of, you know, the the, um, the the film that promised the most and delivered the least. Mm -hmm. um, That's War it, World all over. <laughs> <laughs> Big promises it can't is deliver. There, do you have a least favourite? Oh gosh! I mean, I'm sure I do. If I'm gonna look, Mine's I mean, the oh, wall. I'm not gonna. That's it. That's the wall. It's, it's Ace Ventura when nature calls. Oh man. wow! Yeah, of you course hated it that, is. Didn't you? Uh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, you know what you... does my head in about it is that the fucking noise around it from you and Ollie and all of Ollie's <laughs> mates who think it's so fucking funny and that it's better than the first one. And I'm like, get out of here! Like, <laughs> no way is it. No way is it. It's it. one of those films that could be ruined by. It's like Anchorman. It can just be ruined by people usually blokes like me quoting it too much and you're just like i don't stop ruining anchorman yeah uh, but anyway okay what is this should be a fairly easy one for for both of us what's the funniest film of the year well uh we've we've mentioned uh these two already so okay. it was a close one for me but obviously i have landed on an answer sticking to the concept as we're supposed to it was almost kindergarten cop much oh. funnier, much funnier than I thought it was going to be. But my answer for this one, my pick for funniest film we've done this year is Basketball. Basketball? Yeah. So Basketball, I think, I, I was it was really, really funny. Mm -hmm. Really, really funny. But it was just picked for me by Mike Bassett. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, yeah. But that, that is specialist, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. it's, it's The whole point of picking Mike Bassett was because I wanted to know if you found it funny as someone who doesn't really, he's not really bothered on football. Mm. And I think the conclusion was, it's fine. But, sort of, you know, yeah. yeah sort right. of was the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, basketball, I mean, I'm happy to give you that. I'm happy to give you basketball. I I'm happy to put that up there as the answer because I think there's probably got much more broad appeal in that than Mike Bassett. I think you're, you're watching Mike Bassett if um, if you like if you like football, pretty much. Yeah, British and, and very British <laughs> yeah, as well. well and British it's a, quite yeah. a yeah. quite a sort of a, a, a narrow-ish target audience, but I think is very successful with that target audience. Mm. To be fair, okay. So what? Oh, I love this question. What is your favourite film that I picked? So, I mean, you know, I've already mentioned Freaky Friday and Basic Ball. I like them. You picked a lot of good ones this year. I, I like, like Pirates as well. We started the oh, year yeah. off strong with that. 
Uh, you let yourself down with the wall. Um, but... <laughs> I get it. I so get it. I know. <laughs> but no, no, you, you picked a lot of good films this year. For me, I'm going to say, in terms of how well it's made and how much I enjoyed it, I, Tonya. Oh, well. That yeah. I think is... Yeah. I think it's the best film that you picked in terms of like objectively how it was made. Mm-hmm. But I just, I really enjoy that film. I think it's, it's I think good. it's great. Um, I don't really have much bad to say about it apart from the yeah. odd little bit. So I think, yeah, the best film you've picked this year, my favorite couple in there, which I'll come back to it in, in, in honorable mentions. Um, but I, Tonya, is, my, is mine. That's my answer for, for that one. What about you? So just missing it to the number one spot of my favorite films that you chose was Pride. Which oh, I yes. thoroughly enjoyed. And I was very pleased that you brought the story of these Welsh miners to my attention. I mean, what, um, when were you ever going to dislike that? I know, I know. You just, <laughs> it ticked all my boxes <laughs> for sure. But the answer, the number one favorite film for me that you picked this year was American Psycho. Really? Oh, yeah, you really liked just, it, didn't you? Oh, terrific. It was amazing. Had you, had, had you seen it before? I'd, 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 like passively seen it at some point like Mm. you know when a film when you like you know when you're at uni and stuff and you're always doing other things but then there might be a film on it was that sort of environment on in the background but not concentrating exactly so i'd sort of seen it i recognized it exactly that right um (laughs) but no i hadn't seen it and i hadn't definitely hadn't sat down and actually paid attention to and analyzed it and it's just a bloody good film and it's terrific absolutely terrific christian bale being like top tier christian bale Mm. and he's so young as well you don't realize he's given such a good performance he's only about 28 in that film or something like that which i know he's not he's not a baby but it's quite a complex performance yeah, I think um, so. So yeah, well, I made it with that. Okay, then. Well, following on from that, then, do you have a personal favourite that we've done this year? And let's, you know, disregard new releases, anything like that, but do you have a personal favourite of the normal sort of films we've done? Or guess I ones? mean, unsurprisingly, it's American Psycho. Okay, okay. I think, I genuinely think that's the best film. Yeah, it's the best film we've done this year, done in this my year. opinion. I, I just, because, yeah. I don't know, but similar... Like, it's not too dissimilar to I, Tonya in sort of having that main character and the unreliable narrator thing. So I, I sort of see that because I, Tonya is great as well. But there's just there's something about, it was just something about seeing Christian Bale like that, seeing him give that performance mm. and just the whole way that the film is designed and mm. constructed, the use mm. of colour and prop and music. Like, it's just, it's just magnificent, Josh. It's funny it was, as well. I enjoyed it, yeah. And I enjoyed it so much when I was watching it. And it's really stuck with me. And I agree with you that a 7.5 for that, it, that I mean, that, that is underrated. Like, this is easily into the eights, easily. So I think it's, it's almost, it's, it could be above a nine for could me. Could be above that. a nine. Yeah, it's, incredible. It's such a good film. And yeah, you won't be surprised to hear that it's, it's mine as well. Is it? Um, I was shocked about, I mean, it's just... It's almost. I think it's in my top ten films. So I just. Mm-hmm. I, it's almost. It's almost fighting any other films. Fighting a losing battle, and I chose it because of that score. Although I will still share, mm-hmm. still still say, excuse me, that I was shocked about Kindergarten Cop. But personal favorite, yeah, American Psycho. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the difference there with, even though it is comparable to I, Tonya, I, Tonya is almost appropriately rated because it's getting like a mid eight, isn't it? So, yeah, so at it least, was well rated, yeah. Yeah, whereas the, a 7.5 for American Psycho, I don't really know, like, what's your problem, yeah, everyone? Well, uh, like, what are you that. getting? It's, it's better than that, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it is. It's, it's, you know, you might have an opinion that's different to mine, but you're wrong. You know what it's I mean? So it's so wrong. It's, it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So on to our final couple of questions now. And what we want to know, Josh, is what your favourite new release was this year the that we covered. The new release. So we've done quite Ooh. a few this year. So I'm going to, I am also, I'll say this in the next one we do, but I'm going to stop calling them new release specials because the, I'm doing them as often as I can. So they're not really specials anymore. They're just not reviews. Not special of new anymore. Nothing yeah. special anymore <laughs> to us. Nothing sacred. So what we've done this year is uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Dumb Money, Empire of Light, The Whale, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, The Flash, Missing Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, or just Dead Reckoning, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Marvels, and The Killer. That's what we've done at the time of recording. For me, it's got to be Barbie. <laughs> it's got to be Barbie. I, I, and mm. a lot of that, I mean, the film itself is really well made. It's really funny. It does some really good world building. But I just have to say that the phenomena around it was so mm. refreshing. And to see people in the cinema who may not normally go, mm. I think... I think I don't know if, if it would be overdramatic to say it will be looked back on as a turning point. But as I've said before on this and other, other, other podcasts, I really hope that they get the right message from that, which is make mm-hmm. films for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then people will go to the cinema. People won't go to the cinema if you make something that is, A, not engaging enough to, to not wait for streaming because you only have to wait six weeks or something now. And B, if you don't make anything for them, Mm-hmm. You know, we hear we hear about the silver dollar and the silver pound because people will go and see films that are made for them. Well, that's what Barbie was. So, you know, the message is not let's make, let's make more films about toys. It's let's make more films that, that people will go and see. Mm-hmm. And I just love Barbie. I thought it was really, really good. It was. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's about to drop or it has dropped on streaming. So we will watch right. it. It's, it's really good. I'd be mm. interested to know your thoughts on it because mm. seeing it in the cinema with... I don't think it's not a surprise to say mainly women, but of mm-hmm. all ages, you know, we were sat on a row of three and my partner was sat with me wearing pink. But next to us was a sort of lady in her fifties or sixties who mm-hmm. appeared to be there on her own. And she was mm-hmm. just, she might not have been, but it's irrelevant because she was just chuckling away all through the mm-hmm. film. Equally the worst, you know, there are some jokes in it that probably are a little, play a little bit older than you might think. But as I left, there's, you know, there's four, five, six-year-old girls just mm. absolutely hyper about how much mm. they love Barbie and all that. That's cool, and I just, I just, I just thought the whole phenomenon around it. Yes, the Barbenheimer thing was funny and, and you know, let's see what that'll be next year. But I think Barbie sits alone in terms of audience engagement and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. so that that would be it for me. What about you of those new releases? What would you pick? Uh, so Oppenheimer is definitely up there. I did thoroughly enjoy it, but I think the one for me is Across the Spider-Verse, like just in terms that, of in terms of a cinematic experience. Like it was... I, so I, I do struggle a little bit sometimes in the cinema because I've got... Here you go, listeners. Here's some personal information for you. I've got really low blood pressure. So <laughs> if I'm sat down in a dark room for too long, I start to get really, really tired mm. and I do find it very difficult to concentrate and stay awake. But watching Across the Spider-Verse, it was like my eye... Like Clockwork Orange style. Like my eyes <laughs> had been <laughs> wired open. Like it was like I could not look away. Yeah. I was absolutely hooked. I felt I felt the energy from it and I just thought it was excellent. Obviously, it is... You are hugely bombarded like, yes. with the sounds and the images. Like the the way that the animation moves across the screen is at lightning speeds and it's like a blink and you'll miss it sort of thing. Like it's so busy it's, it's and so fast. It's not one to watch just before you go to bed. It's certainly it not. It must be no. the equivalent of like playing a high engagement video game. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, or playing Twister, you know, yeah. also high engagement and incredibly physical. Yeah, the, but it's the, that the, the sort game, of yes, thing. the game Twister, yeah, absolutely, yeah, Alice, yeah. yeah, whatever you say. It is, it's exact, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought as I was watching it in the cinema, you know. Uh, but yeah, just in terms of what had the biggest impact, that's got to be it, like physical and I emotional. I wish I'd seen it at the cinema. Yeah, it was I, re- it was, I, I was, was all set something. to go yeah. and I just wasn't feeling so good. Yeah. And we just didn't. So I've seen it, but I watched yeah. it on an iPad on a plane. Oh. Which obviously is a different, oh. which is a different experience. I loved it. Really, really yeah, enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But it's, you know, seeing it on a big screen. It's like when we, mm-hmm. I know, when we talked about Happy Feet, seeing it on a big screen versus even seeing it, you know, most people got quite a big telly now, mm-hmm. but even seeing it at home versus seeing it on the cinema, it's different, you know, that, that sort of thing. So I think if I'd have seen that at the cinema, mm-hmm. that might have been coming into my into my into my mentions as well um is there any other new releases you want to give a mention to i've got one i've got one here yeah go on so i i really enjoyed empire of light um which we did which which we reviewed sort of back in may time i think um i think in the spirit of the podcast my answer is barbie but in the spirit of the podcast i think that will become underseen and underrated Ah. because i don't think it made loads of money and i don't think many people are going to go back and see it but actually Mm. really loved it it's got an absolutely fantastic powerhouse performance from olivia coleman mm. um, it does address some issues as well that like i wasn't expecting it to address but i really enjoyed it and i think it's definitely worth a watch if again if you like british films like pride or whatever it's it's, it's well worth a watch then okay then so last question then we've covered mm. most of the bases there honorable mentions then what have you got what have we what have we not touched on as much that you want to recommend to people or that you say you know what i just liked it it just wasn't quite the answer to any of the questions well i am absolutely thrilled that two of our guests did pick films that were on my list or were at least nearly on my list and those are the crow and yes. the founder and i thoroughly yes. enjoyed watching both of those again especially the crow which i hadn't seen for years so that was really fun um and i'm just absolutely thrilled that i finally watched silence of the lambs field of dreams and ghostbusters even though my reaction mm. to ghostbusters wasn't you know it wasn't 10 out of 10 or anything but i was just pleased that i'd finally seen it because there's so many there's just so many films that i haven't seen that yes. people go what you've not seen that sort of thing yeah. and that what was one of them they say, what? You've not seen that. <laughs> but now I've seen it and I'm really happy about that. And I was also really, really chuffed that you picked Man of Steel and that we got yeah. to analyse it, right? Yeah. Because that was interesting and that was fun because it's a real... Man of Steel is a real anomaly for me because this doesn't happen too often where you can blatantly and obviously and you can really feel the flaws in it yeah. and why it's not good yeah, and why yeah, people yeah. don't like it. But I still like it. Still and bloody it's like really it. It's really weird, and I don't get it. What about you, Josh? What are um, your honourable mentions? So the founders on my. So in terms of the guest episodes, both the founder and Thunder Road are on my <sighs> episode. Are on my honourable mentions. Um, yeah, put, yeah. Blockers is on here because I think it's worth people's time. John Tucker must die in Freaky Friday as well. I think we are, we've made a little bit of a point with those films that they are worth. They have their place. Mm-hmm. And they're very easily put down and very easily written off as, you know, teenage trash, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. But, well, they're for a particular audience. And it's really important that, you know, we're all about and here that you know, films are for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't just write it off because you're, you know, you think it's for a teenage teenager, particularly a teenage girl. And that's not, you know, that's not 
for you when the most successful franchise of the last 10 years being the Marvel franchises, a lot of it is aimed at teenage boys mm-hmm. or young boys. Do you know what I mean? So so I think, I think you know, just hammering that point home one last time, those films mm-hmm. have a place. And you know what? We'll probably bloody pick some more next year. I uh, hope and so. I enjoyed doing the Fantastic Four films again, actually. Yeah. It was yeah. interesting to revisit them and go, well, these aren't actually that good, but they're not that bad either. Yeah. <laughs> That um, bad. They're just they're there. not good. Um, they're and, not and that bad. If they turn around now and went, fuck it, I'm gonna use the same cast again, I'd be like, fine. Yeah. Let's yeah, see yeah, what yeah. they've got. Um if Michael Chickens wants to sit in that makeup chair for oh, another God. 27 hours a day or whatever. Well, uh, CGI's then... come a long way, isn't it? They'd probably just CGI him up, <laughs> wouldn't they? Indeed, indeed. And then just finally as well, little shout out to Punish Award Zone. Um, because we obviously lost Ray Stevenson too 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 soon this year. So shout out to that. And it was, you know, we both sort of enjoyed the silly violence. Um, like, mate, you want to push someone in a vat of broken glass <laughs> and then make them swirl around in the broken glass like it's a whirlpool. I'm yeah. here for it. Yep. And then make us watch it without cutting away. so that is it that is our review of all the films we did in 2023 if you have any thoughts and you want to let us know then you know you know where to find us on social media you know where to email us i think all that remains to be said is thank you very much for sticking with us through 2023 we've got lots of exciting plans uh, for 2024 some things will stay the same some, some things may well change we shall see but as ever we'll be in your podcast feed every tuesday uh, and thank you very much for sticking with us that's all i'm going to say and we wish you a very good 2024 and we'll see you next week for our first proper episode of 2024 it's gonna be it's a doozy that's all i'm gonna say it is we know what it is we're not even gonna tell you what it is because you'll go have they lost their minds for 2024 already Uh, we will see you next week thank you again it's goodbye from me cheerio bye When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.